0: Hello, my name is Ben, and welcome to the Deconstruct Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Borsari, and today we shall be taking a look at ABBA's SOS. This is the Deconstruct Podcast. So, this week on the show, I have with me a good friend of mine from school, Sarah Borsari. Uh, care to introduce yourself to the listeners? Give, like, what are you on about in this world?
1: Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm a student here at Ithaca College. I'm also a member of WICB. Um, I do a lot of radio stuff, do a lot of writing stuff, do a lot of comedy stuff, and I'm really happy to be here.
0: So you said you wanted to do a song by ABBA. Could you elucidate for the listeners why it is you wanted to do that?
1: Uh, Ben and I were supposed to be in a production of Mamma Mia at Ithaca in the spring, which unfortunately was canceled due to COVID. Um, but I also am just a huge fan of ABBA. It's, it's kind of upsetting sometimes because I'll be like, oh, I'm sick of listening to the Mamma Mia soundtrack, so I'll just go listen to ABBA music as if it's any different. Um, I just really love their music. I think they have a really distinct style and were a big part of like the 70s and 80s and the, the building of that generation of classic music. So I'd love to talk about that.
0: I can't remember where I started listening to ABBA I'm pretty sure my dad played it on the radio when I was younger, when you were, when like we were in the cars and stuff like that. I didn't think he only played it like, one or two times in my entire life, but this song stuck with me. And that's for good reason, because science has proven in a study that this is among the top five most catchy songs of all time. And I'll put a link to that um, study in the show notes if I can find it again. But yeah, this is golden pop music. Pop music at its finest. And today we are going Mm -hmm. to hopefully elucidate why that is, um, both to Sarah and the audience. So before we get started, first I want to ask Sarah, um, how much music experience do you have in music making and knowing how music works, any of that stuff?
1: Um, Yeah, I, I used to play like a violin back in the olden days, but more recently I was uh did chorus all through high school. I did musical theater all through high school um, and did like the NISMA uh, evaluations every year. So pretty familiar with vocal music. But
0: not so much as into how music is made, like how it, com- how it comes together compositionally?
1: Uh, not so much that. I, I get very confused looking at cheap music.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I know that last week we had somebody on who, who knew music. Sort of well, but I love that we have somebody on who doesn't know that much about music because they can go in blind and they can learn something from this podcast while being on it. I really like that I can do that with people and also do it live for other people to listen in on. So, um, one last thing before we get right into the music. Um, Actually, two more things. First, um, copyright is absolutely hell for people like me who want to educate musicians because... Even if I am doing something that is educational and that lies under fair use, they can sue us into poverty, and I'd rather that not happen. So throughout the episode, I'll be filtering in timestamps that you can go and listen to off the originals so that we don't get copyright sued. And secondly, like last episode, I want you, before we go into this song, to take one good listen. Of the whole song and try to pick apart every little detail that you could possibly imagine whether it be effects um vocal performance chords anything like that so without further ado let's get into the music all of the timestamps shall be preceded by that beep i will read out the timestamp give you a few seconds to load it up and then another beep will send you back into the podcast This first clip runs from 0 minutes and 0 seconds through 0 minutes and 17 seconds. Alright, so that is a pretty unusual introduction to a pop song, would you not say?
1: Yeah, it's very kind of menacing in a way. Yeah,
0: if I was to ask you to pick a musical style that it tries to imitate, even though it's going for a pop style, what would you say... What genre, what style would you say that intro reminds you of?
1: Oh, ooh, I don't know. I I kind of want to say, because this was my first thought, almost like rock opera, like Phantom of the Opera. Ooh, I like... Slightly. That's... I feel... Re- that's
0: a... That's a really good answer. Um, that, that wasn't my first opinion, but I can absolutely see where you're going with that. In a lot of rock operas, like with Andrew Lloyd Webber, they try to incorporate elements of classical and jazz and put it into rock operas, as I'm sure you know, this kind of tries to do the same thing. Um, in my opinion, this gives a very Baroque feeling just with this... Even though the voice leading, the way the individual voices in that come together is quite modern... Still, that's the parts are all independent. Except for the piano line in and of itself, each of these melody lines are distinct. If you notice, this is one line going here. And then in the bass register, there's. And then lastly the guitars are going so in my opinion it does give off a very distinct baroque sort of feel just in the way that the voices are arranged and i think your instincts sarah are really on point with that being incorporated into rock operas like andrew lloyd Webber does because he does incorporate a lot of those elements from earlier styles into his works and here, ABBA does it as well real quick. I want to go into the timbres, the sounds that are being made on top of it. So if we go back to the start of the song and listen again, it's not really pure piano sound, is it?
1: No, it, it's almost like a little synthy. I don't want to say like so much, but it almost feels like there's like, a, a like echo or I don't know. Yeah,
0: you're, yeah, definitely. Your instincts are going in the right direction with this piano line. They're double-tracking it, whether this double-tracking is done by having the same line recorded twice. Would you say that the effect on top of it would was a bit more natural, or would it feel like it's more artificially created?
1: Like, I would say more natural. Huh.
0: I understand that. Completely. But, just to my ears, it sounds more like it's an artificial thing, just because the... In, like, the ways that it fades in and out of each other feel quite regular, like there's a If it was natural, the sort of wah 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 would be a lot less regular. So it would be like wah 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 that sort of feel. Are you hearing the same thing or am I or is it just me?
1: No, I'm hearing I'm hearing like almost like two pianos is almost what I'm hearing in my head.
0: Alright. And again, the same effect happens for all of the instruments in this opening section. That. What do you think? Is is that? What what instrument do you think's doing that?
1: Um, it's like in the beginning, I'm like, yeah, guitar, and then it moves into synth, which makes me think that it's probably synth kind of the whole time.
0: Mm. I'd have to agree with you. They did a really good job here of making a synth sound like a guitar. For the 1970s, that's no small feat. I want you to see if there's any giveaways to, into whether it's a synth or not.
1: Yeah, it's like at the like, da-na-na. so at the like, where it gets like that kind of almost like robotic sound. I don't know how to describe it other than like a space sound effect where it gets like tighter and you can hear the, Oh, I forget what it's called, but it, it you hear like the lower and the higher kind of like mixing, if that makes oh, sense.
0: Oh, I, I see what, I, I I know what you're talking about. There's, the high end's brought out a little bit more, it's a little bit more buzz, I'd say the word is. Yeah. That's just a side effect of how synths make their noise. Most synths start out with a very set number of waves that you can start with. You can either have a sine wave that's going up and down like a sine wave, if you remember from math class. Hi, future editing event here. It didn't occur to pass me that playing a sine wave that's, you know, very similar to the timestamp beep might not just be a good idea. So just be warned, the next few beeps will not be for timestamps. Now back to the show. You can have a square wave that's cutting off all of the hard edges and making it a, s- a square shape. <laughs> where you can have a sawtooth where it ramps up and then comes right back down. <laughs> this instance, I think it sounds like they took a sawtooth, but they didn't do all that much to it, which I think is why it still sounds like a synth, but then it also sounds like a guitar in that it has all that high-end and sort of eh sound to it. One last thing. you notice in the rhythm there how many beats are there in that opening section just with the piano with just before the synth comes in yeah 12 i think is that including when the synth starts or does it exclude when the synth starts
1: excluding when the synth starts yeah so that's
0: 11 beats that's going on there it doesn't have to skip out that middle beat if it wanted to it could go It could have done any number of things, but why do you think it wanted to skip that beat there and just go right into from the right into the?
1: I I'd mentioned before like this sense of kind of maybe like intimidation, but I think it's also that kind of denies the satisfaction of completing the beats. So like when you're listening to music, you think of them in groups of four. So then by cutting it off at eleven. It's like kind of ushering this new thing in very quickly before you get to kind of complete and like satisfy the the desire to have it end the right way musically.
0: I think you're exactly right. I think it is that sort of disruption of expectations that's going on. So now let's get into the verse. Zero minutes and 17 seconds through zero minutes and 23 seconds. Let's start with the vocal line. How much is going into that vocal line, like melodically? Like, are there peaks or troughs? Are they doing a Johnny
1: one note? Yeah, for the melody, it, it kind of goes like almost in a like a hill. Like it goes where are those, and then it goes back down to happy, and then goes back up and then down. So it's kind of like repeating in almost like a little wave.
0: Yeah. Um. There is a little bit of contour to it, but. In relation to the chords, there's not that much movement. Like, within a chord itself, there's not much movement, right?
1: Yeah. I take my answer back. Take it back.
0: (sighs) Alright. It's fine. But there is a little... Like, what you had said earlier is not necessarily wrong. There's a little bit of contour there. But otherwise, it tries to stay right within that little space. Why do you think that might be?
1: I I think that there's a lot going on with the other instruments that kind of, like, that simplicity contrasted with, like, all the kind of chaos that's happening in the music. Yeah, that.
0: Also, not just the music, but I think sh- she's also trying to bring out the lyrics more, I think these where are these happy days they seem so far behind i tried to reach for you but you've closed your mind this is really potent lyrics i think and they deserve to be brought out i don't want to say at the sacrifice of the melody but in this case it is at the sacrifice of the melody i think Mm. but at the same time there's just enough contour in that melody to keep your interest i think (laughs) And then we have Are there any blue notes in this sort of piano arpeggiation that's going on? Are there any blue notes worth mentioning, do you think? Like notes that are out of the chord? I don't know. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what I was thinking of. Sorry. It's in it's in the upper register here. This note right here, this is the chord that we're starting with, and then there's this added blue note happening here, It's here is a little bit of dissonance. Also I want to bring out the fact that this right hand thing is a melody in of itself. I'm gonna ask the same question about this melody as I did the last. Is there more contours or is it more flat? and? what does it bring out emotionally
1: well this one this one definitely more contours I would say um and yeah I think it kind of brings out I I said it before I don't I don't know how to describe almost like it 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 feels very hasty it feels like very almost like if I was listening to that by itself I'd be like a little bit like anxiety induced it feels like There's something that needs to be said, and it's a little bit scary, almost in that sense. Yeah, that totally makes
0: sense. And I think the reason why is that this melody keeps on straining for this high note, and then it keeps getting pulled back by these two notes right here. So straining and then being pulled back. Straining again. Straining even more on this one always getting pulled back by these two notes right here and i think that sort of pulls what on the last show they said really melancholic and what you're calling as suspenseful i think for this beginning i think that's all it needs well except for these little interjections that happen if that sort of boom 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 was it in there What do you think this verse would have lost?
1: In a way, I think it adds almost like a little bit of a break, a little bit of a rest, but it also adds like this kind of sense of hope almost. And it like allows the music somewhere else to go. So like it allows somewhere to rise to almost.
0: Yeah, that's a really compelling take. And I can see why because these first two notes are going down, which is already expecting your ears to go. But then it goes one step further to make it all right again and goes even lower. It's a little bit unexpected, I think, if you haven't heard this song. But at the same time, it's mm-hmm. still, as you said, a nice release, I think. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing, this chord structure, there's only two chords in these first two lines. This, this is our tonic, the home key, the well, the home chord. And then it goes to the dominant, which is built on the fifth scale degree, which is designed specifically to resolve back to the home key. I think that's all this chord structure needs for right now, but we're about to come up on to something that breaks that expectation. 0 minutes and 29 seconds through 0 minutes and 37 seconds. The chords are going somewhere different than would be implied from... Why do you think that? Why do you think we're going from... To... Here. What do you think that adds?
1: I think it adds, like... A little more variety and as I said but it's also like kind of a good segue into the chorus like it's kind of indicating moving out of the chorus wait
0: yeah absolutely um because as we'll see later the chord structure moves from here as the center in the verse it moves to here in the chorus and like you said it is giving it a little bit of a preview to that although it's a little bit more melancholy don't you think? Yeah. On this melody line, it's still keeping this sort of same linear contour to it. But what do you think the notes in this melody line, what emotions are it drawing? Because it's definitely drawing a different emotion, is it not?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, it's like I said before, like more hopeful. It pulls like up a little bit. But I also, I also like the way you phrased it before, like kind of straining in a way. Mm. Like when you were talking about the notes straining, like that also is kind of feel like where her voice is going.
0: Definitely. And I think it takes over the sort of straining element because... I really tried to make it out. I wish I understood. And again, the melody line is being pulled back to that lower note that happens there. But... Then the piano line underneath, it's taking over that role of not straining as much so. It's going down more. It isn't as straining as the vocal line here, but there's still some interest in it. Um, Again, I'll ask the question... Is this contouring more? Is it being linear more? And what does that add to the emotion?
1: I I would say contouring more, and I think it adds again to this like kind of now contrast that like she's lifting and there it's kind of staying in the same place where it's like it's going up and down. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that.
0: Um, but then this chord structure we're here. And then we go... Where are we going here? Are we going back to the chord that we started on? Or would you say that it's going more towards this new chord that we have? Where is this going? The second chord here.
1: I would say more towards the new chord. Maybe? Yeah. I... I...
0: Yeah, these are... I understand these are really tough questions for somebody who doesn't who hasn't had this sort of experience, but I think asking these sorts of questions can be really helpful in understanding how music plays on you. So and here it's the it's that dominant again like we had in this it want this that time it wanted to resolve back up and, we might expect it to happen again. That same idea, but instead, it goes to here. This chord, in a way, does lead to this. Just because there is, if I was to raise this note to here, up one step, half step, that it wants to come back then it goes from here to here to here. Now, would you say that this chord wants to go back to the beginning or to want to keep this B section going?
1: It would want to keep the same section going. Hmm. Well. (laughs) I know. know.
0: Sorry. I I thought I would know enough. It's okay. I'm... I'm asking to let your ears guide your decisions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And our ears can go all different directions. But this song has very specific things in mind for our um, emotions. So if we start here, then we come to here. It would only take this chord to send us back to the beginning of this B section. And. This happens to be the exact chord progression of the chorus, but instead It goes back to where we started from. I think this chord structure that is happening here, it's like you said, it's hopeful. It reaches for that sort of major vibe, but then it keeps on getting pulled back into this sort of minory sort of place and again there's that sort of straining happening again. If we go back to to the melody in the piano the piano has in the upper register here, that's a bit of an odd note to be placing with the rest of that chord, would you say? Yes. But why that note and not why, why do you think specifically they went? What does that extra color add to it?
1: I think it just, I think it allows more like room for the song to grow. I think like adding those kind of notes that they can then can like be brought back in later to kind of tie everything together. Just allows the song to have more space to to move. I I, th-
0: I, th- I think I see that. Th- this, this is taking it a little bit outside of where everything else has been so far. This note thus far has only been used in passing. So using this note in this context, like you said, it expands the sonic palette a little bit. Hi, this is a uh, Future Editing Ben, and one more thing that I wanted to say but completely forgot to talk about in the moment was that I also think that this melody completes the straining and pulling on the melodic lines in contrast to the home we've arrived at in the chord structure here, and that where that chord structure has been slowly been resolving from tension over this B section. The piano's counter melody has also slowly been building tension from a point of resolution and this blue note completes that. Now back to the show so now that we're back to this home of the minor tonic the same sort of a section happens again and then we come to zero minutes and 41 seconds through zero minutes and 45 seconds i think one of the best build-ups into a chorus that pop music has ever produced
1: yes i completely agree all right so let's
0: dive into this first let's talk about what instruments they're using here i'm noticing three different things going on one in the lower register two going on in this upper register and the two things are going on in the upper register they have one instrument attached to them and in the lower register they have one instrument um what instrument was that playing there
1: I, I was hearing, like, the piano. Right. The piano chords. Yeah, same effects,
0: same everything. And in the upper register...
1: Either the same, like, guitar or synth thing we were hearing before. Hmm. There is that
0: sort of buzz in the highest. To my ears, it's a different sort of buzz. What I have pulled up here a sawtooth sample. It's where it ramps up and comes back down again. It's not perfect recreation of what was going on before, but... And now if I was to play is that the right sound to you or is it a little bit different than that?
1: I think it that one the earlier one sounds like a little bit more different, but not so much that it's very noticeable.
0: Yeah, I think it's also because the sound that's being made is it still has that sort of buzz on top. So in this case, personally, I think it's a square wave where the it ramps up and then ramps back down. But it also has time where it's flatlining. So if I was to play...
1: Do
0: you think that's a little bit more true to the sound that's being given in the original?
1: Yes, I would say that.
0: Yeah, and right, your instincts are in the right place. The synth is doing the bulk of the work. If there was an instrument, like a section in an orchestra that would be best suited for playing this sort of build-up, what do you think it would be?
1: Uh, I would say probably a violin or a viola, one of yeah. them.
0: I would suggest that if the listeners are interested, um, they go and listen to the Royal Philharmonics version of this song. It, it has the problem of not having a bass and drums until the very end, which is an absolute shame. But at the same time, I think all of this sort of Baroque style thing that we've been doing thus far gets gets across really well in that recording. I'll link it down below. I just wanted to say that because I think this build-up emulates a string section almost in the way that it hammers out those, um, those quick notes, those 16th notes. So if we get back into the chord structure... these first two chords where are we lying in are we in the verse still or are we in the
1: chorus i'd say still in the verse
0: yeah um if you remember these are the exact same chords that we started out this whole song with and then this next one are are we still in the verse or are we moving into the chorus right now they're like
1: segue into For the chorus (sighs)
0: yeah absolutely and the great thing about european based harmony is that all you need to go into a new chord is this anticipation this dominant this five chord to go into the one chord that's all you need and i think that is i think that is one of the coolest things about music is that you can go anywhere you want as long as you prepare it properly So now, we have ramped into the chorus, and... 0 minutes and 45 seconds through 0 minutes and 53 seconds. So what are we adding in here? What instruments are we adding in here?
1: Um, we're adding the drums. We're adding in a second vocalist. I want to say it's a third or fourth vocalist. That's just
0: me, mm-hmm. just because I really like layering in voices. I'm probably biased. It's probably actually just two voices that I'm deluding myself. <laughs> but yeah, we're adding in other voices. Anything else that you're noticing?
1: Uh, the the like more visible kind of like guitar stuff.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh... There's an acoustic guitar going. That's it's definitely double tracked. It doesn't need to be for this instance, but just to give it a little bit more depth, I think. Mm-hmm. And. I think for this verse that's like for the chorus that's all you need. Who do you think is carrying the bulk of the epicness of this?
1: I I want to say like the guitar but I think like the introduction of the drums adds like that extra power into it especially cuz they haven't been heard yet in the song so it kind of ushers everything in.
0: Where I was thinking was the vocals but I think you're mm-hmm argument is more compelling at a fundamental level because what was driving everything before was the piano and you know it's doing that fine but it can only provide so much oomph and adding in that drum i think it really makes the chorus come alive Mm -hmm. here the chord structure we've already gone through it before and it's very similar to that b section where we Where before, it went back to this starting of the verse sort of thing. Here, it can happily sit where it wants to. With that leading chord right there. Back to where we started. When we've gone through... So when you're near me, darling, can't you hear me? Yes, so best It could just sit on this chord for a little bit. But, um... Do they sit on that chord there? Or is it modulating to another chord a little bit? This one doesn't have a right answer. I just want to know what you're thinking.
1: I feel like it's modulating, but that could also just be me, like, hearing the kind of, like, piano and guitar, like, kind of hit each other from where they're both at. Yeah. The evil thing
0: about this is that depending on what instrument you're listening to, there are two right answers if you listen to the bass it's still keeping in this sort of this sort of same register but then if you listen to the guitars it is going away a little bit and it is a little bit of a tricky question that i posed because technically it is both depending on what perspective you look at it it's either doing the same thing in the lower register or it's doing something different in the higher register but what does that what does this what What do you think that adds that staying on the same plane on the same chord doesn't have
1: I think like adds that new kind of like layer that they've introduced in the song so like the less we we're talking about straining and now it's almost like breaking free in a way yeah like yes it's
0: straining for something but this straining does come back to where it wants to go um and also it just does give a little bit of interest so that you're not just sitting on the same chord so yeah um and the vocal line still doing johnny one notes within the chord nothing that much going on there one minute and zero seconds through one minute and eight seconds. Can you tell what's giving that sort of... Bah?
1: Oh, yeah, the guitar. Or is it like a brass, almost?
0: If you listen to it again, I'm thinking that it's a synth, and but it's pretty well approximated by this sort of thing. And I can... I can understand where you're getting at with that sort of brassy sort of feel because there is a lot more saturation to the sound, it's called. A lot more texture in there. Brass also has that quality. Um, if you program your synth right, you could also have that sort of quality. And in this case, you can get that through distortion and you can get that through blasting your instrument as loud as it can go and then louder. Um, and that's what this electric piano is doing. We're on this chord right here, and then... That chord right there. Is it coming further away from this home key of the tonic, or is it moving away?
1: I think it's like moving, moving towards it.
0: Huh, all right. I think in this case, your ears know what's happening before it happens. I think that's more of a side effect of where it does end up. Because those three chords right there, they're just moving up stepwise. So it's not like there's one note that's going in any particular direction to indicate another chord that it might be going to. No, it's just everything's... Moving up in sync together. And you know from having listened to this song that this is going to hear. But this chord right here has nothing to do with, well, it has one note to do with the major scale of the tonic that we were in. It's completely divorced, but having listened to this song, you know. It's resolving somewhere. And then. 1 minute and 13 seconds through 1 minute and 18 seconds. There is that sort of. What? You expect that to go to somewhere. Bigger and brasher or somewhere quieter?
1: Yeah, that beat indicates going somewhere, going somewhere bigger.
0: Yeah, but instead it's not going there. It's going somewhere quieter. And I had said earlier that this song is a cock block. And I think this is a really good example of that because that's that inch, that drum fill is going to somewhere and then it doesn't. It comes back. What we're about to talk about is most evident from one minute and 18 seconds through one minute and 22 seconds, but it goes throughout the entire first half of the second verse. So if you want to be listening out for that throughout that whole thing, go right ahead. I'm not going to stop you. We're at the end of the chorus and the verse, the next verse is almost exactly the same as the first verse, except you don't ever want a verse to be exactly the same as the first time you did it so and this is no exception so if you listen what is this adding that the first verse didn't have in it
1: i want to say there was like a note that was kind of like drifting at the top to like yeah just to
0: add a little bit more high end to it uh, wouldn't really notice that on a first listen would you like it's You may notice it. You may think, oh, there's something different here. But once you're actually listening for that, I think it's pretty cool that they have that sort of other melody line in there. Other than that, the second verse and the next chorus is exactly the same. Two minutes and 13 seconds through two minutes and 23 seconds. This is definitely recalling back to something. What is it recalling back to?
1: Like, musically or lyrically? Yeah,
0: musically.
1: It's kind of calling back to the chorus. I'll give you another listen. I'll give you another listen. Oh. It's, well, I might have spoken too soon. It's calling back to the, like, lift up into the chorus. Um. (laughs) Play it again. I will. I will. No worries. No worries. Is it playing back into the opening? The intro? The beginning? Um... Yeah, to an extent. I'll-
0: I'll- I'll make it dead obvious for you. Hi, Ben from the future. Um, I did a thing where I replayed the track and I sang over it, but since copyright is a thing, I can't do that for y'all. So suffice it to say, I sang the melody line from the verse over this section, and then Sarah came to the following conclusion.
1: I think it might be calling back to the melody. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) But there is a
0: difference. It's not going... Nah, it's it's doing something else entirely. So, what are the different registers doing? Um, there's two main things going on here.
1: Wait, what is it doing differently than the beginning?
0: Yeah, kind of. How, in other words, how are the instruments structured?
1: Well, the instruments are re- replacing the vo- vocals in the melody yeah. space.
0: That is one part of it. There's. There's all of these instruments at top, um, guitars, piano, synths going on there doing it. But underneath that, there's, in the lower register, what do you notice is happening?
1: Well, not... Well, they have that, the, like, steady beat. They're like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah.
0: All right. So given both of these elements together... What's the emotions that it's giving off?
1: It's I feel like it's like building. It's it's kind of a sense of almost anxiousness while well, before it was like more melancholy. I'd say this is more like energetic in a way.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um you have this relentless never well, never ceasing until the section ends, but <laughs> It's just there, and it's it's expecting something, I think. And I think that has to do with the fact that... In classical theory, and again, this verse and intro section are drawing off of the classical world. Having this particular note in the bass register, it indicates... That this is not stable because you can't tell that it's this chord it's this chord just from this note and also you can't tell whether it's major or minor just from this chord so in classical terms that means that this wants to resolve somewhere and typically it goes from here to here to here. But no. It's going from here to here. And back to here. A, a chord that still wants to resolve. To here. But it never happens. Um, it just keeps on doing. Just building and building and building and building. Building to the point of orgasmic release but it doesn't go to here and instead goes back to the build-up and here they cut it a bar short just because you know we've we've heard this already there's no point in doing it like doing the whole build-up again Mm -hmm. and then the chorus is exactly the same well there's a few key differences this time around And the love you gave me, nothing can save me. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to do that. It could have been fine just on its own. But I think just a little bit of change. And also the faster rhythm gives a little bit more drive to it. And this sort of... This happens more times than it does originally. And having this... This... This driving phrase happening four times. What do you, why do you think they had it four times instead of two this time?
1: I mean, I think it's it's just another way of them like upping the kind of intensity as they go.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because this is adding a lot of tension and chord structures are always about tension and release and doing this over and over again keeps building, and building, and building the tension until we get to... 3 minutes and 8 seconds to the end of the track. Back to that original intro material. Um, in this particular case, why do you think that they would want to call back to the intro, and not to the verse going... Why instead would they go here... Why would they do that instead
1: well I think it's kind of I feel like the whole point in this song is that they're like kind of going back and forth back and forth and then like around again so it kind of like brings it back down to where they begin almost begin again
0: yeah like you said it is bringing it back and this is a point of release in the song but it's not the release you might expect where, I think, most pop songs, once you came from... They would have stuck on this and, you know, did a sort of... And then... You know, have that sort of satisfying resolution of finally hitting that one note and being proud of hitting that one note, um, that one chord. It instead, goes back to here... Even though it is a resolution, it's not the one we were expecting. We would have rather gone here, but instead, we come back to here. And I think that disruption of expectations and not creating ecstasy, but instead creating melancholy from ecstasy. I think that is the soul of this song and I think that's why it's so effective because You have expectations of ecstasy every single time you end up with melancholy. And I want to end off in saying, how does that make one of the most addictive pop songs of all time? Given all of that, and given that this song focuses on melancholy from ecstasy, why do you want to keep coming back for more?
1: I feel like in a way it's kind of like the drama of this song is so like intoxicating at times and also the idea that like it's almost like the I don't know if you're familiar with Hades sound or like the story of Orpheus and Eurydice but like at the end of Hades sound they always say like it's the same song but we're going to sing it again It's so, like the idea that you always think the ending might be different and that you might finally get that ending that you need and want but it's never going to happen and it's never going to come
0: that's a very poetic way to say it and also i think that you're you're in this melancholy stage but of course you want to get that ecstasy back you want that build up into the ecstasy you want to experience that orgasmic sense of relief but no matter how many times you listen to this song it will never come and so unfortunately that's that's why you like this song it's because you're expecting something and you'll never get it. <laughs> I'm sorry folks to leave you on a downer, but uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah. But, you know, if you like this song, if you like this song, then who am I to judge? I listen. I put this song on repeat for a month and I still never got that ecstasy of release. So, I suggest that everybody go back and listen to this song one last time just to listen for all of those elements that we've talked about. And try to think about how they come together and how they make you feel. And then hopefully you can take some of the things you learned here and apply it elsewhere. Before we go, Sarah, is there anything that you'd like to plug?
1: Um, a little bit. Uh, of course, keep listening to WICB. Check out uh, the Spotify. They have some great playlists on there. Um, some of them are mine if you look for the EVE Out Loud playlists. Uh, those will be there. Additionally, I'm an editor for Buzzsaw Magazine at Ithaca College, and we're coming out with our online mask issue, and we also have our double issue from last semester during quarantine. So if you want to check that out, it's buzzsawmagazine.org, um, and it's really great. I, I edit the satire section, but we have a lot of great like news articles, um, online exclusive photography and art. It's a great time.
0: Sounds like a party, and... We'll, of course, be leaving leaving links to those in the description, as well as links to my own projects. So, this has been the Deconstruct Podcast. I have been Ben. I have been Sarah. And I will be seeing you next time. Have a good night.